67-61 now. The Nets pulling away from the Knicks, Denton. Not a fan of this. Uh, I, I see. An, in, I did not see how this thing went with Wisconsin. They won. Yep, they didn't cover, did they? By two. Love that. Yep. Step, stepped out and came back and went, oh, game's over. Sorry, I would buddy. have liked overtime, just to yep. know. Or I just would have not liked Minnesota to score a lot. They just went on a barrage of three-pointers. That would have been nice if they didn't do that. Have you learned your lesson about college basketball? Well, just yes. in general. I'm, I'm, I'm done with stop. that. I just need to stop. I lost two Big Ten uh, bets on Sunday <laughs> on bad beats. I lose Wisconsin today. I like the Big Ten. It's the league I watch the most. I clearly don't know anything about it. <laughs> this is this is why we savor the NFL in the couple weeks that we have left with it, because then after that, we're stuck with games that just don't make any sense. Sterling Bennett jumps on with us now. 49ers postgame host, 95-7 the game. Uh, obviously, the big story, the big thing we're watching is Debo Samuel's health this weekend, Sterling. Uh, what have you been hearing out there? Do we know whether or not he's maybe leaning more towards playing? not playing, or have they just been completely hush-hush about the whole thing? Well, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. And Debo Samuel, I'll tell you right now, while the reports say he's 50-50 and the Niners have been hush-hush on whether his shoulder is healthy enough to play on Sunday, I would like to think him rehabbing after the Packers game this past Saturday, there's a good chance I think Debo Samuel suits up this Sunday. A lot, of, a lot was made over Brock Purdy's performance against Green Bay when Debo Samuel went out. Some of that criticism I found to be justified. Others, uh, I didn't. How would you assess his play from what you saw on Saturday? Well, it was pretty bad for three and a half quarters, right? About until, what, six minutes left in the fourth. Every Niner fan was on the edge of their seat thinking, is this game going to be over? And are we witnessing the collapse of Brock Purdy? Now, we know how the game ended. Uh, it's a little more sunshine and rainbows than it was on Saturday against Green Bay. But I do think one thing working in Brock Purdy's favor is the fact that there's going to be literally no rain this Sunday in the forecast <laughs> in Santa Clara. On Christmas Day against the Ravens, we saw how awful and oh, putrid yeah. he was against that defense in the rain against Green Bay. Here comes the rain again. Doesn't look great either. Uh, in games where it is sunny outside, where it's daytime, 1 p.m. at Levi Stadium, Maybe it's a 4 p.m. start somewhere else. Uh, Brock Purdy is averaging nearly 290 yards through the air and almost two touchdowns with less than half a turnover. I would highly expect after a bad game against Green Bay, Brock Purdy should be able to turn things around against a pretty shoddy Lions secondary. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, Bennett, we're all we're all happy when we all have sunny days. So Brock Purdy <laughs> right. just kind of just you know he just he just it's it's like we all just kind of can relate to the same thing there. Yeah, I the watching Brock Purdy then talking to Sterling Bennett at BetMGM tonight when we watch that game and I watched kind of the end of the regular season I wasn't in panic mode with Brock Purdy but I did see I mean like you'd certainly see some issues right and I think we we could uh, most people can agree like the ceilings may be lower on him than some of these more elite franchise quarterbacks that we've looked at but he fits well in the system and he's a quarterback that when he is playing well is as accurate and as efficient as any quarterback in the NFL given now that we've seen a full season with him as a starter What's your opinion of Brock Purdy as a quarterback, as a starter, and just even beyond this game, his future with the organization? Well, his future is the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, is that because the contract and the cap hit is so low, most likely? Uh, I know there were rumors. Uh, Mike Florio mentioned that San Francisco kind of poked around Tom Brady when Purdy wasn't clear to play just yet this past offseason. But that being said, after seeing him for a year and a half, 
while he doesn't look like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, and no one should expect him to look like that ever, and if he does, <laughs> my goodness, watch out. But I think for Brock Purdy, it's just about how can you execute Shanahan's offense at the highest level, and this year he didn't have a big arm, but he was the NFL's highest passer rating when it came to deep balls downfield. He may not have the biggest arm, but he may have been the most efficient quarterback in the entire league, despite the deficiencies maybe towards his physical talent. So uh, he's here to stay in San Francisco. And like you said, uh, maybe towards the end of the season, there maybe was some wear and tear. Maybe he's wearing down somewhat. But you had the bye week. Maybe there was some rust. I think every Niner fan is almost banking on him having a massive game this Sunday. If Debo Samuel can't go, or if he can go, but it's at a, a vastly reduced limit, who is the wide receiver or maybe a collection of wide receivers that are going to step up to try and replace that production? Well, I'll simply say nobody can replace Debo Samuel's production. Uh, in the history uh, of the Niners with Debo Samuel on the team, since 2019, they are 53-23 and 23 when Debo Samuel suits up. Without him, they're 8-9. And I'm sure you heard somewhere on the broadcast this past Saturday, this season alone, they are simply 1-3 when he plays 10 or less snaps. Now, that being said, I do not want to see Juwan Jennings in the backfield uh, getting handoffs. That's inexcusable. <laughs> uh, Brandon Ayuk is not Devo Samuel. And if you watch that Green Bay game, you watch every game Devo Samuel has not been suited up or hasn't played much for San Francisco, they look like they're looking for an answer. Brandon Ayuk's double covered. Where's George Kittle? You would like to think they would lean heavier on Christian McCaffrey, but the fact is in the Green Bay game, he had 11 touches through three quarters. Now, Shanahan started to say, hey, maybe I'll rely on my MVP caliber running back in the biggest game of the season. So I don't think anybody can truly replace him. But I will say this. I would not be surprised if Debo Samuel can't go or is hindered to see a lot more Ray, Ray McLeod in the backfield on end arounds. Go back to last year against Washington. Had a massive, I think, 45-yard touchdown run on an end around. Uh, he has speed albeit not the best receiver, you want to have some talent in that backfield outside of Christian McCaffrey, I'd watch out for McLeod. Would the Lions run game be your biggest concern in terms of exploiting a weakness for the 49ers this weekend? Oh, yeah. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind. When the playoffs started, I said, I do not want to play Detroit. The run <laughs> defense is stellar, and they got two dogs in that backfield, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. They have the thunder and the lightning, and it's not just you know on the ground. It's how they utilize both of them. Well, kind of similarly, also very differently with Gibbs in the passing game as well. So uh, if I'm San Francisco, I just watched my run defense with Eric Armstead back on the field, mind you, get gashed for over 100 yards for the first time in over 50 games. Um, there is certainly a concern here in the Bay that the Lions may have too much on the ground for us to contain and if they're on their game and Ben Johnson's calling the game of his life uh, us in the Bay may be a little worried on Sunday that Gibbs and Montgomery power them to a victory against the Red and Gold. Uh, Sterling I cover the team here in, in DC so I'm very familiar with uh, one Chase Young in the limited <laughs> sample size that you've gotten of him what is the what is the perception been of Chase Young in San Francisco? got here was, wow, we got the Buckeye boys, Bosa and Chase Young. Can't wait to see those guys on the edge. But let's just look at the last playoff game. Randy Gregory's out-snapping Chase Young. 
And to me, that's concerning. I like Chase Young, the talent's there, but uh, San Francisco has a lot of decisions to make this offseason. They're not bringing him back. There's no way, in my opinion, they're bringing him back. Uh, To me, it was a one-year rental. Let's see if we can get that championship with him on the team, then say goodbye. But uh, in my humble opinion on Chase Young, uh, he feels right now more like a rotational piece than a star opposite Bosa. It's funny hearing you say that because that's the exact same thing we said for the entire time that Chase Young was playing for the Commanders. So, yeah, I uh, it's I guess this pretty much just, you know, there's Sterling, there are some rumors that Washington would bring him back for like a like a one or two oh. year deal, too. So maybe they'll just okay. get him on a get him on a cheap deal. But you know how that stuff is. It can all people throw that stuff around. Agents are throwing that out there to create right. narratives that don't necessarily exist. Talking to Sterling Bennett, bet MGM tonight. Uh, George Kittle, there's all, you know, like. George Kittle, to me, just does not get enough attention and credit for how talented he is as a tight end. I I know people talk about how good he is, but I feel like it's still not enough. When you look at what his role is going to be this weekend against, you know, he's not playing against him, but Sam Laporta. You look at that, young, great tight end. People are enthralled with what that talent could be. Can George Kittle be somebody this weekend that even if Debo Samuel's in, we're closer to uh, you know what he did against Green Bay, four receptions, 81 yards, or is it going to be one of those games where you kind of wonder why he's not getting the targets that he usually gets? I don't think it's going to be a case of why isn't he being targeted. Okay. In fact, in San Francisco, we complain every single weekend, why aren't you targeting George Kittle? He's one of the <laughs> best tight ends, if not the best tight end in the entire league. In fact, Going back to your, your point of you know him not getting the credit he deserves, the NFLPA this year didn't pick him as their first team All-Pro tight end and pick Travis Kelsey. Where Kittle laps him in almost every single uh, category when it comes to stats. Uh, George Kittle is the lifeblood of this Niners offense. He brings physicality, he's energy, and when you need him most, somehow Kittle always finds a way. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys game earlier this year when San Francisco put up 42 points. Who was the star in that game? George Kittle. Go back to the NFC title game in 2021. Game on the line. Need a touchdown to get you a large lead against the Rams. Who scores his first playoff touchdown in the back of the end zone? George Kittle. This last game, your offense is reeling. You're down 6 nothing. you got to have seven here to get a lead. It's George Kittle coming through. And I will say this, going back to Brock Purdy, uh, they may be one of the best quarterback, or at least one of the most underrated quarterback and tight end duos in the entire NFL. Their chemistry is really unmatched outside of maybe Goff and Laporta now and Mahomes and Kelsey. But George Kittle, to me, if you need someone in the biggest moment of the game, it ain't, it ain't, it's not Ayuk. It's not Debo. It may not even be Chris McCaffrey. It probably needs to be George Kittle because he comes through in the clutch all the time. Sterling, when I watch Jared Goff, I see a guy this year that has been remarkable when things are going right. He is going right, but I also see a guy that can easily be confused with a little bit of complexities on defense. Do you anticipate that San Francisco is going to do anything creative this weekend to fluster him? I think San Francisco, when they see Jared Goff, they're licking their chops. They're, they won five <laughs> straight games against him, and they know that Jared Goff is no longer playing in Detroit in front of the home field with Eminem in the stands and hearing them all chant, Goff, Goff, Goff. On the road this year, in eight games, 57.8 QBR, seven-point yards in the attempt, 11 touchdowns, and six picks. They know they can rattle him early. They've known it since he was with the Rams. You rattle him early, you shake him up, you hit him a few times. Jared Goff sometimes just can't finish a game. 
Go back to the Rams game in the playoffs this year. He's throwing balls behind the line of scrimmage, and you're like, Goff, what are you doing, man? You're going to cost your team the game. Uh, they won the last two games. Good for him. That being said, uh, if you ask me to pick a quarterback in this game to have the better one, it would be Brock Purdy over Jared Goff simply because I think Purdy is less rattleable, if that's even a word, compared to Jared Goff. All right, so we got about two minutes left here. I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey's rushing yards prop for this weekend. 88 and a half yards. Against Green Bay, 98 yards rushing for CMC, but that's Green Bay. Detroit's run defense is top five in the NFL. You think he goes over 88 and a half rushing yards? Yes, and the reason why I think that is because Shanahan should have learned his lesson that if you want to win, <laughs> you have to feed CMC. Now, maybe I'm wrong there, and Shanahan's like, I'm going to zig, or I think I'm going to zag here. But in the playoffs this year, Detroit has allowed 144 rushing yards on 29 carries, nearly five yards a pop on the ground, and Chris McCaffrey almost had six against the Packers. I know Detroit's going to key in on him, and I get that. It makes total sense to bet against McCaffrey on the over or whatever you want to go with here. But I think McCaffrey should have, if not 100, really close because they need him they have to feed him if they want to win this game. Good, because I've been taking the over on every single thing Christian McCaffrey all year, and it hasn't failed me yet, Sterling, so I'm going to stick with it. Sterling Bennett, 95-7 the game, 49ers post game. Great to talk to you, man. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Guy knows his 49ers, and he you know does. what? I'm going to be betting again. CMC over on the rushing yards. Here we go. Now, a lot this year I've actually gone rushing plus receiving, uh, but, you know, it just – it worries me a little bit in the playoffs here because, I mean, if you look, 128 total yards, but just, I mean, yeah, I might even just go probably total yards again. Yeah, just in case they yards, use it, I think I will. play that goes 58 yeah. yards. You're just like, damn it. It's like, even with a lot of these backs, like, Jameer Gibbs is kind of up and down week by week in terms of what his role is. Like, you know we can do both, but McCaffrey generally is everything. Like, he's 128 total yards. Don't Washington, 91. I mean, that was the end of the season. That wasn't, you know... 131, 187 against Arizona, 153. And if I'm looking right now, rushing plus receiving Christian McCaffrey, 131 and a half. It's a big number. It's one of the reasons why I've shied away from, like, they've made that number bigger and I think harder to take the over on than just the rushing yards. That's why I went just rushing last week because they have ballooned this. I think I might still go over 131 and a half. I'm going over 88 and a half. I might bet both. I would, I'd say bet both. Just, yeah. just to be yeah. safe, especially now not knowing whether Debo's going to be there or not, they're going to rely on uh, on McCaffrey on offense. They're going to rely on him anyway, whether Debo plays or right. not, but especially if Debo doesn't play. Which is one of the things that at least makes you comfortable, right? Where you know like somebody like Christian McCaffrey is going to get his touches one way, one way or the other as long as he stays healthy, which is you know obviously the, the most important thing. Pacers up one now on the Nuggets. 103-102, 318 to go in the fourth quarter. It's bet MGM tonight.